Happy Monday morning, sports fans. It's Kaylee Mizell from Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell. Thanks so much for listening. This week, I have a real treat for you. We're talking to Ray's starting pitcher, Drew Rasmussen. Drew is a really kind, a really humble guy. You don't hear him talk all too much, and that's because it's a little bit outside of his comfort zone. So he did a rare interview with me, talked about everything from uh, having a baby with his wife soon, uh, as well as life lessons that he has learned from the game of baseball. We get into all of that and more, but first, to a little bit of news and notes. Lightning fans, how excited are we? Oh my goodness. It has been a heck of a ride the last three years. And if you haven't heard the sound bites from the team, I really encourage you go check out uh, Bally Lightning Twitter or check out my Twitter at Kaylee Mizell. After the Lightning won game six to make it to their third consecutive Stanley Cup final, a feat which, by the way, hasn't been done since the 1985 Oilers and something that has never been done in the salary cap era. The team talked about how special this moment is. Uh, Steven Stamkos even got a little bit emotional talking about how special this group is and what what they have the possibility to do in the Stanley Cup final starting on Wednesday. John Cooper talks uh, similarly about the special group and uh, why it why it is so special and the impact that um, that they have made on him and what he is so impressed with by this team. So uh, we are going to have extended post game shows throughout the Stanley Cup final. I will be with you guys all the way through at Bally Lightning. We're going to be covering the game. There's going to be special live shows. So you guys are going to have more than your fill of content, of news coverage. Um, So be sure to tune in to all of that. Uh, And if you guys have any questions, let us know because we want to, to give you the content you want and need to get ready for the Lightning as they go to their third consecutive Stanley Cup final. Okay. Really excited about that. Just really cannot understate the fact that, like, you know, waking up early on a Monday and it's just kind of like a reality check. The Lightning are going back to the Stanley Cup final again. So uh, congratulations to them. Really, really very excited. Um, okay, but moving on to this week, we have Drew Rasmussen. Like I said, uh, super kind, super humble guy. And he's really done a lot for this Rays team this year. The numbers that he's put up uh, are really incredible. The performances that he's given the Rays have been really consistent. And it's something that this team has come to lean on and rely on. Uh, He talks a little bit about his competitive nature uh, and more next in our interview. We're going to get into maybe coming coming out of your comfort zone in okay. a little bit. But first, I start all the, the podcasts with this same question. Take me back to a younger Drew. When did you know that you were good enough at throwing a ball to get paid to do it? So to get paid, this is kind of a longer answer. But, um, you know, I was kind of a late bloomer. So in high school and stuff, I didn't know about professional baseball. But I knew I wanted to play baseball at the next level. Um, and if that meant Division three, Division two, II, Division one, NAIA, I didn't really care. I just wanted to play college baseball. And so uh, 
all my friends around me were getting recruited and, and they were committing to what schools they wanted to my our sophomore year of high school, which is a little early still. But, you know, when you're kind of going through it and everyone around around you is committing, it seems like you should be, too. And it's not happening yet. Um, but after my junior year, Oregon State and, and quite a few big name college programs started calling and saying, hey, like, we're really interested. My velo had kind of gone up a tick. And, and so. It was just the situation where it's like, heck, you know, coming from the Northwest, like the premier program in the Northwest wants me. I must be pretty good. Um, and so when they offered me, it was a no brainer for me. You, you know, I grew up a UW fan. I really loved the guys at Gonzaga. Um, but when Oregon State gave me a shot, uh, you, you know, I knew that's where I wanted to go. And then in my first college outing, which it wasn't very good. I think I gave up. A, I came in in relief. I think I gave up a couple runs, definitely walked a couple guys. But my velocity was like 97, 98. And, and I mean, a ton of adrenaline. Um, and our pitching coach just said, because I'd, I'd been like 94, 95 in the fall, and I was 94, 95 in our spring scrimmages. But all of a sudden, you know, live action actually starts happening. And you're playing a different team. And it was 97, 98. And, and our pitching coach at the time said you know hey like you should probably be prepared because after what you just showed like professional scouts and agents are going to start kind of soliciting you and, and and just trying to get information and all that kind of stuff and what you showed was good enough now we got to figure out how to throw it where we want and, and how to be competitive to help our team win and so I'd say kind of my, my my freshman year of college was the first time like hey you know what I just wanted to get to college and, and then my freshman year, it was like, oh, you know, I, I, I think this could be something bigger than than just getting to my goal. Yeah. Did that immediately happen? Like, did people start calling and like, hey, yeah, hey, Drew, um, what's up? Yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, I had a good relationship with some of the Northwest scouts, especially after I had uh, committed to Oregon State. You know, it's one of those things where you commit to a program like Oregon State and, and people you didn't know start taking some flyers. Um, and so it was, yeah, it, I mean, it was very shortly after every single practice, a scout or every practice they were at or every game they were at on a weekend or whatever, everyone was just, they were just saying hello. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of in-depth because, you know, as a, a freshman in college, you still have to wait till your junior year to even be drafted. But, you know, the situation arose where my, my velocity was way up compared to where it was as a sophomore and junior in high school and, and still even a senior. Um, and so everyone just kind of started saying hello and being a little friendlier. And, and I started to pick up on that stuff a little bit. And then just how the Oregon State season unfolded in 2015, I ended up pitching on Saturdays as our second starter. And, and as a freshman, you know, that's quite an honor. And, and so uh, we had a second rounder pitching on Fridays for us who was unbelievable. And so, you know, I just made it my goal every week to outperform what he did. And I mean, I don't, I didn't even come close to outperforming what he did that year. He was in incredible, but it, it was just my goal, you know, like, hey, I love Andrew Moore and, and he's really good at this game and he's got a chance to play professionally and he made it to the big leagues. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things where, but if I can outperform him every week, our team is going to win a lot of games. And like I said, I don't, I didn't even come close, but it was still a good goal. Do you do you find yourself being competitive in that way? Like where you have like set your sights on someone and say, I want to outperform that person or I want to like, are you, do you in general view yourself as like a competitive person in that aspect? Yeah. I mean, it, it is one of those things I think where everyone wants to be the top dog. Um, 
And I mean, some people just, I mean, I even here, like I love Shane to death and getting to pitch the day after him, you know, he goes, you know, six shutout innings versus a team. It's like, oh, well, I pitch against them tomorrow. Can I match that? You know, and it's, it's a good kind of competitive fun, but I mean, it all stems in us just trying to help the team win. And so, I mean, I think, I think if you're, if you start there with how can I help the team, then I think you're in a good spot. I think it's, how do I do it? You know, I think if you're in the place where you put yourself first, you're going to, you're going to achieve a lot of failure and, and a lot of frustration. However, if you put the team first, even your bad days where, Hey, you know what? I wasn't great today, but we had a chance to win. It just gives you like a, a positive mindset going into every outing. Do you think so? Okay. I, I want to like go into like the raise. Cause you said like whatever helps the team win. Mm-hmm. I find that more than any other like ball club that you see yep. the Rays just ha- like all of you guys, yep. you just have bought into this idea of like, it doesn't matter where I'm going to fit in. I mean, mm-hmm. you like you, when you came here, like you weren't a starter, like no. you came out of the bullpen. Yep. Like you, it's just this idea of like, I don't have an ego. Mm-hmm. I don't care whatever helps the team win. And we see it paying off yeah. like these like insane, like late game wins that yep. you have. What is it about these guys and about maybe like, I just want someone who's inside to speak to it. Cause everyone else from the outside, we notice it, we yeah. see it, but like, what is it about the culture that is able to, to have that like losing of the ego and like just buying in to like the, the raise culture in the raise way. I mean, all the credit goes to our front office. Uh, I mean, uh, what they do, what they've done in evaluating talent is incredible, but what they've, in, uh, what they've done evaluating people and character is, is second to none. It's by far the best. And so, I, I mean, I think it, obviously I didn't come up with the raise. I came up with the Milwaukee Brewers and, and I loved that organization and I thought they did a pretty good job of evaluating character too. But here, every story I've heard is, oh, that guy was a good ball player, but he didn't fit in in our high A clubhouse. So they traded him and got something back in value. Or he didn't fit in in triple A because he was all, he was selfish. So they traded him and they got back a better person in value. And so, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean that the organization is, well, I mean, yeah, they, they do a good job of, of, you know, kind of eliminating the selfish, the, the, like you said, people with big egos, um, and by the time it gets to the big leagues, I think the product on the field speaks for itself. You know, we're competitive and, and there's no, you know, there's no individual out there playing for themselves. And, and so when you know you're playing as a unit together and in, in a group and you're all pulling in the same direction, you know, Taylor Wall's success last night is my success, right? Our team won and we got to share a moment where, you know, he hits his first career walk-off home run. That's so cool and it's so much fun and, and, it's not only a great way to win a game, but you know that's that's a guy who you see working every single day, and all you want is for that person to be just as successful as everyone else. And so for him to come through in a big moment, and he's had a couple big moments this year, and and you know the, not every single one goes goes perfectly as planned, and and so but he puts his head down and he continues to work, knowing that the next opportunity he gets, he's going to succeed. And last night, I mean, that home run was awesome, and so you know it's it's fun to celebrate that kind of stuff. Yeah, I. Well, and, and I guess kind of speaking to that, um, do you think uh, um, this is my opinion, but again, I want yours. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's the reason why this team will continue to be successful year after year whenever, you know, like no matter the payroll, no matter yep. what's going on, like 
because everyone has bought in and because they value the culture and the character and the work ethic over anything else. Yeah, I mean, they've laid the foundation here for success, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now already. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if people would agree with this, but quite frankly, I think you can teach winning and I think you can teach, like, that team atmosphere. And so, like, you even look back to what our organization did as a whole last year. We won the NL or the AL East. Uh, Durham won the AAA championship. I'm pretty sure Montgomery made it to the AA championship. And then I think the high A, low A, and, and rookie ball team all won their leagues. And so, I mean, you just sit there and you look at the talent. You know it's there, but on, on top of that, you know that every human who's being promoted throughout this organization truly cares about winning. And so, um, you know, there's never any doubt. There's never any fear of, oh, we have to call this guy up because someone got put on the aisle or, or, you know, oh, this person's, you know, having a tough time. There, there's no doubt that whoever has to fill in here or there is going to come up and they know the expectation. You know they're a good human. You know they're a good ball player. But it, like I said, at the end of the day, with the culture that they've created here, winning has been taught and from the youngest level up. And, and it's really starting to show at the big league level if you look at what the team's done here over the last four or five years. I don't remember. I remember talking to KK in there about some lean years, maybe in like 15, 16 somewhere in there but then all of a sudden 17 18 19 started coming around and this team really started rolling and and like i said the foundation that they've laid is going to be here for a long time do you think um like for you personally kind of getting into a little bit of your story like yep. what does that what is the mindset difference or like obviously like there are physical things that you do differently to prepare yeah. from a bullpen outing to like yeah. a starting outing. But like, do you have to change your mindset as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, on days I don't start, it's, it's almost like a weird feeling when you first come out of the, when you get transitioned from the bullpen to a starter, cause it's okay today. I mean, today I have a bullpen and it's, so today I'm not going to help the team win, and I get that. However, I have to prepare my body so that every five days when I get my opportunity, I am my sharpest I can possibly be. And, and so it's kind of a it's a weird position to know that I'm not going to affect today's game, unlike in the bullpen where it's, hey, I never know what day I'm going to pitch, and so i got to be ready every day, but also I get the opportunity to help us win every single day. Um, being a starter, it's what can I do today to better myself for two or three days from now? So that, once again, it gets back to our culture so that I can help the team win. Yeah. Do you, is there like, do you prefer one or the other? Like, are you more of a spontaneous person where it was like, there was an excitement of getting called on or do you like routine? So I prefer routine. Okay. However, the most exciting thing a pitcher can ever experience is the phone ringing in the bullpen. And just having an idea. I mean, everyone kind of gets kind of, you figure out what your role is. And so last year when I was in the bullpen, I was kind of a long, a long guy. And so, you know, you're in the fifth inning, you're in the sixth inning and it's, Hey, we need to bridge to the seventh. Like this is my spot. And then the phone rings and your heart starts racing like no other. And it's the most exciting, highest adrenaline rush that a pitcher's ever going to experience. Cause I mean, as a starter, I already know who I'm throwing against and when I'm throwing. Right. And you so have like, a scouting report, and right? There's scouting reports and all that kind of stuff where, as a reliever, you never know what day you're going to throw. And so being prepared every day, there's there's a lot of difficulties that come with that task. But it, it is so much fun being down in the bullpen. And the bullpen group here is is incredible. And so getting to hang out with those guys every single day is a ton of fun. And 
But like I said, I do love my routine. I love being able to, I mean, there's more structure and I, I'm someone who enjoys structure. So being in the starting rotation kind of helps my personality a little bit more. Yeah. Do you think that you're a better starting pitcher because of what you went through in the bullpen and because of this, like just in the way that yeah. you prepare, yeah. because you, you never know who you're up against. So you yep. have to take all of these scouting reports yep. super seriously and yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, I still sit in, like I went in and sat into the bullpen scouting report against the Cardinals yesterday, just cause it still intrigues me. And I like to know, and I like to listen and I like to hear what our game plan is going into a series against these hitters. And so, uh, Although I'm not throwing against the Cardinals, I still kind of enjoy a, a piece of that bullpen where you need to know as much information about every hitter as possible, but also you need to know how to stick to your own, get to your to your guns. And 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 it is although hitters have strengths and weaknesses, it's more about what you do as an individual and and can you execute your best stuff for one to two innings every one to two days and and so that mentality I really like um I think as a starter when I was in the minor leagues it was okay what are these hitters weaknesses and how do I uh exploit them and and that's not what it is I think pitching in the bullpen really taught me a you need to fill up the strike zone early and often and b stick to your strengths when you don't know what pitch you want to throw or or what the situation dictates go to what you know best. And, and I think having conviction in that, it really has helped me now that I've transitioned into the starting rotation. Can you give us some fun bullpen stories? I know that there's a lot of fun that you guys have out there. Uh, one thing I really miss about sitting down there, Stan, our bullpen coach, he, it might not be every day, but it's almost every day. He gives bullpen, he has bullpen trivia about okay. the Rays and typically if like we're on the road it'll be raised trivia here we go to minnesota this weekend it'll be raised trivia probably against the twins or in minneapolis specifically and or like history trivia like yeah, what they have done yeah yeah or like on this day 15 years ago this raised pitcher did this against the milwaukee or against i said keep saying the milwaukee brewers we were just talking about coming up with them so now yeah. they're stuck in my head but against the minnesota twins and so then it's okay everyone's gonna get you know everyone no one knows it right off the bat because it's always obscure and it's always a little different but it is a really cool way to kind of learn more history about the organization and so uh He's he's really good with his raised trivia down there, and, and it's not always raised trivia. Sometimes his question of the day will just be a baseball specific, and then you're sitting there trying to guess a certain player from a certain era, and and but you know that kind of keeps it light, it keeps it fun. So uh, that was my favorite thing. Well, one of my favorite things. Other than that, I mean, there's great conversation. There's always pranks going on down there. Did you pull any pranks? No, not really my thing. Um, yeah, just I'm not I'm not creative enough to come up with anything <laughs> funny or anything like that. So uh, I kind of stayed away from those things. But uh, the were you ever pranked? Uh, I mean, occasionally, you know, some stuff. If if I get a little uptight and I get a little tightly wound in games, and so down there they're trying to keep it loose, keep it fun, and you know, I had a very structured like routine day in and day out, and you just notice that something that you always use goes missing here or there. And, and, you know, I would take a little bag and it had basically the stuff I needed, like my 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 bands to warm up and like my my plyo balls to throw before I get on the mound. And it's like, oh, the plyo ball I need is not here anymore. And I put it in the same bag and I take it down there every single day. 
And so, yeah, and then, I mean, on top of it, you know, some of the other fun stuff. There's always candy down there Ooh. with our bullpen. Oh, there's always candy down there. Um, Can you give us a, like, what's your favorite? Like, what's your go-to? Uh, my go-to candy? Yeah. Well, we wouldn't usually have it in the bullpen here, but it'd be Skittles. But there, I mean, with them, it's always, there's always Jolly Ranchers down there, I feel like. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a really good Not the good chews, way. but like the hard yep. candies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys burn through those, burn through seeds, burn through everything down there. And so it's, I mean, it's especially like just talking about our guy Shane, you know, when Shane's going, it's like, hey, this guy's going to give us seven shot out innings. We got seven innings to kill here. Candy and seeds. <laughs> You know, we gotta we gotta Candy kill some seed time. stories. Let's yep, do it. Exactly. We got we got some innings to kill. Do you ever revel in? I they came out with a documentary a few years ago about like um, the fastball or I, I don't know if you you saw that, but there's like a point in it where they talk about like it's like the edge of two like like human possibilities, mm-hmm. right? Like someone who is throwing the hardest that they can throw yep and then someone who is like sitting there and like getting ready to hit it but like your brain doesn't even have time to process how fast like does that do you ever like revel in the actual game of baseball so the greatest one of the greatest things i've done for my pitching career was having to hit in double a and yeah. having to get a couple at bats and it is unbelievable what those guys can do at a plate i mean i don't know how you know if you want to look at like av- like batting averages and say that they're dropping or say you know i i would dare anyone to get into the box because it is un. i mean i hopped into the my first at bat came against the marlins pitcher now his name's sixto sanchez throws 95 plus um and i swear the first pitch i i saw looked like it was a mile away from me and it looked about the size of an aspirin tablet on its way to the plate and uh like i said it looked like it was a mile away from me and then i looked back to see where the catcher caught it right down the middle and and so i was just sitting there going it's unbelievable and our team had had two or three hits on him in the first two innings and it was like guys actually hit this and like i said one of the greatest things i mean it it really taught me to have confidence in throwing the ball over the plate because hitting is really hard and so uh i mean yeah just a hitter's ability to react I, I don't even know if it's if recognizes the right phrase but to recognize ball or strike recognize pitch type and then react and barrel a baseball is one of the most amazing things on earth like can you ever like remove yourself from the situation like if you get hit on like like after the fact like obviously that's not what yeah. you want but you're but like saying what you just said is there ever like dang oh. like appreciation yeah, bro I've, like you I've, just did that i've i've had to learn to tip my cap because like i said it's unbelievable that even a bad pitch they can hit you know you, you know I, I don't throw as hard as like a guy like Shane or like a, an Araldis Chapman or anything like that but I throw pretty hard and so you know when I throw a pitch at 96 or 97 and it gets hit it's uh, I it's unbelievable to me because like I said I had that bat against a guy throwing 100 and I couldn't hardly see the ball and yeah. these guys not only can they see they can recognize different pitch types and and balls or strikes and it's it's incredible. Like I said, you got to learn to tip your cap a little bit. Of course, it's frustrating in the moment, but but after the game, when you look back on it, uh, I mean, Snides, our pitching coach, is one of his favorite lines is, "Hey, they drive nice cars too, right?" And so, like, it's these guys are really, really good at what they do, and and so don't don't let that one outcome dictate the entire outing. I feel like 
baseball is a game that extends beyond this diamond. Yeah. There's so many life lessons that you learn from baseball from the time that you're little mm-hmm. and growing. Like I didn't even play the game. I've just yeah. been around the game my whole life. There's so many lessons I've yep. learned. I'm wondering from you, could you share like one or two like life lessons that you feel like this game taught you? Uh, yeah. Failure happens to everyone. That's a good <laughs> place to start. Um, failure happens to everyone. And it's not about the fact that you failed. It's how you respond to your failures. Um, that's one of the greatest things uh, that I've, I've, been able to take away you know especially playing it at this level there's times where i make really really good pitches and they still get hit out of the park or they get hit for a double and you know like i said you can do everything right and success is not guaranteed in this world so that is one of that is one of the first things that i learned and then uh the second story or the second thing i've learned and it's just kind of making my way through the levels is is everyone's road has been tough there's no one who has gotten to where we are here unscathed in this game. I mean, I've had some injury histories. Other guys, you know, have had uh, ups and downs performance-wise. And, and so it's not about where you start, especially, like, when you start to look back at the draft process. Not about where you start. It's kind of about where you finish. And, and so, I mean, if you can just put your head down every single day and continue to get just a little bit better every single day, I mean, I'd, I'd, you might not be happy with the outcome, but at least, you know, you, you, can, you can swallow the last game you play and just say, look, I, I gave it everything I got. And wherever I ended up, I ended up. And, and I am proud of that. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Okay, wrapping up. This is the yep. final countdown. Okay. The last four questions. Okay. Okay. Uh, what is your happy Gilmore-esque happy place? Happy Gilmore-esque happy place. Ooh, that's a good question. Um... I mean, my happy place in general is my wife's parents' lake cabin. Um, and so you're talking about when he's seeing in his head. Like yeah, his, I mean, obviously his happy place yeah. is interesting. But yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, like for you, like if you're like stressed out or if you're like yeah. if you're like on the mound and you need to like, I mean, I don't know if you're like a, yeah. a guy that on the mound needs to like hone in and focus or you need to like chill out. Yeah. But either way, but like a, a stressful moment in your life yeah. that you do need to chill out and you're like, I'm going to mentally go here yeah. and like. Uh, for me, I mean, for me personally, the first thing, like, something that I was not really good about early was understanding that whatever has gone wrong has already happened. You cannot change that, right? So, I mean, uh, I mean, situations arise, you know, you give up a leadoff double. Uh, and, and so the first thing that I need to do is, is just recognize the fact hey there's nobody out and there is a runner on second there's a pretty high chance that that run is going to score but how do I prevent a second run from scoring this inning or how do I prevent this inning from snowballing and getting out of hand so um I I think you said some people need to focus harder I think that's typically what happens to me um every everybody has like their kind of lulls and and sometimes coming out and getting ambushed to start an inning by a hitter it's just you know it kind of sneaks up on you and surprises you um and so the first thing I need to do is, is recognize that it happened and just kind of flush it to move on. Um, and so it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I think for me it's focus, try and make every pitch individually and, and, and stop worrying about what's already happened because you're not going to change the fact that, you know, there's a runner on or, or that you fell behind to the leadoff hitter 2-0, right? Like, like that stuff's in the past. Is there something physically that you do? Uh, no, not that I think, I, I okay. mean, 
usually, I mean, just try and breathe. Uh, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a big one. Um, you know, when you kind of start to feel your heart racing and then it's like things are starting to speed up a little bit, it's okay. How do I slow, slow myself down? down? And for me, breathing is kind of the big focus. Yeah. Uh, if the Tampa Bay's team yes. was a person, who would they be or how would you describe them? Uh, I don't know if I have a specific person in mind, okay. but like I would say humble. That'd be okay. a, a really good place to start. Um, you know, the guys in our clubhouse, the people in the front office, they show a lot of humility and kindness and, and grace. And so it, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, kind of like everyone's best friend. It's fun loving. It's, it's everything comes from a good place. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, it, it's been a blessing to be here. And so if I, yeah, humble would be the first word I would say, but then yeah, kindness, grace, humility, and, and, and just kind of like everyone's best friend. I love that. Mm -hmm. That is great. It does feel like the team is everyone's best friend. That's yeah. cool. Um, what if you could go back and tell your rookie season self something, what would that be? <laughs> Home runs happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's kind of I the mean, focus of what we've been talking about. It's kind of funny. Um, 2020 was such a weird year when, and that's when I debuted and, and it was so short and you know I first came up and I strung together let's see I got called up August 13th I think so somewhere after like game 14 15 of a 60 game schedule and for the first three or four weeks like I thought I had this game I thought I'd figured it out and I was pitching really well and and things were going you know awesome and then we rolled into like the last 10 days of the season and I got clipped a couple times and I looked up and at the end of the year, my ERA was a five and a half and you go, well, what just happened? You know, it's just wild. But like, like I said, home runs happen. I, I gave up, I can remember I gave up, I gave up two in Cincinnati and then immediately one in my final outing in St. Louis. And it took my ERA up over four, in, uh, four points in that one week. And it's just, Stuff happens, and like I said, the first thing you got to learn is, like, how can I grow from this and just get a little bit better? Yeah. Final question. What's something outside of work, of baseball, that has brought you some joy this week? This individual week? Yeah. Um, well, my wife is pregnant, and so every Friday, um, Fridays we – I mean, it's funny. We don't actually count the days. We just count the weeks right now. And so yeah. How Every far along? Friday, uh, she's at 26 weeks now, 27 weeks now. So going into third trimester then? Yes, yeah? exactly, exactly. And so uh, she has a little app on her phone and it kind of, it just says, hey, you know, your baby is the size of this this week and then you move on. And so uh, I'm trying to think exactly how big last, it was last Friday. So oh, how big was our baby? Probably well, like yeah, starting to get a little bit bigger, but it's it makes like bananas. Like I was yeah. gonna say, like at that yeah. point they're like getting yeah, bigger. Exactly, and so um, yeah, Harry. I mean, he should be a little bit over a foot and and weigh about a oh pound and a half. Goodness. And it makes me it makes me laugh though, thinking about that. You know, two thirds of the way, he's. Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly what the average size of a baby is, but like, he's an eighth of what he's gonna weigh at the end of this thing, and yeah. so. Uh, you know, I don't mean to horrify her when she listens to this, but you know, it's like it seems like we've come. You a long can way. do it. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I did it. I promise you, you'll make it. You're fine. Um, it seems like we've come such a long way because we're getting into the third trimester. Yet the baby's physical like size 
has so much further to go. <laughs> yeah, it changes <laughs> a lot terrifying. from like yeah, twenty six to forty weeks. It changes yeah. a lot, but she yeah. There'll be some uncomfortable weeks in there, but oh, you'll sure. take care of her. She'll be great. Oh, I try my best. <laughs> a lot of support. A lot of comfort. Yeah, that's... That's really yeah, exciting. All, the unfortunate thing is that's all I can do. There's not a whole lot. That, But that's a lot. I can that's change. A lot. No, but there's a lot. That, I promise you. That's, all right. that, it means a lot. I, all right. I, my husband cooks me breakfast every morning because oh, wow. I feed the baby. So okay. he feeds me. Perfect. So you can, you know, there's yep. little things that Perfect. you can do. All right. That's good to know. My thanks to Drew for his time, to the whole communications and PR staff over at the Tampa Bay Rays for their help in making this happen. It was a pleasure to talk to Drew, and I hope that you got to know him a little bit better as a player and a person. Drew really is fantastic, and I'm excited to see what the Rays do this week against the New York Yankees. There is a lot of Rays versus Yankees coming up in the next 10 days or so. So be sure to tune in to Bally Sports Sun for all of that coverage. For Mic'd Up with Kaylee Mizell, I'm Kaylee Mizell. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe. Let us know what you think. And we will be back with more interviews next week. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers today or exploretoyota.com and take advantage of the amazing deals on our full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places.